Hi and welcome to this live stream where I'm going to deliver my first conversational model to you in this live stream called the Four Sides. This this model also has a few other names, uh, the Four Ears, the the Four Square, I think. Um, so choose the name that you like the most. I just call it the Four Sides conversational model. Now, this isn't so much a conversation strategy that you could go out and use today in a conversation. Um, many of what I'm going to give to you over the following live streams are immediately actionable strategies that you could go out and use the same day. Um, this one is a little bit more involved. It's, a, it's maybe a little bit harder to convey. It's going to take a little bit longer. And I'm going to reserve my judgment to it until the end of the live stream before I give you my opinion because I've got mixed feelings about it and I'm going to share those at the end and I'm also going to share something else a little bonus that I want you to stick around for until the end now let's get right into it so the four sides conversational model let's start by defining the three components of a conversation and I'm not using my own terminology at this point when I say first of all is the speaker or what's termed as the sender the sender of the information or the the the, the message that's being spoken then if we're in a conversation together you will be the receiver of the message and then the third component of this conversation is the message itself so sender receiver and the message that's going back and forth so in a real-time one-on-one conversation we're going to exchange places at some point you're going to be the sender i'll be the receiver and then i'll be the sender and you'll be the receiver etc um not deep stuff okay now the strategy not the strategy the model itself as it's called the four sides we can logically deduce that there's four components to this this model okay so the we'll call them layers so the first layer is the informational or the matter layer um, again it's got a few different terminologies um, so we call it i'm just it's most easiest to understand if we call it the informational layer so this is where you give a statement to somebody a statement of fact and at this layer it's probably the most difficult to actually deliver a confusing message because that's what this model is all about it's it's about trying to el eliminate misunderstandings and confusion in your dialogue um, in, the, in this ever shrinking world um, where people can more often than not be talking to somebody that's come from a different culture, a different country and has very different upbringings and very different interpretations of the same word or the same statement. So. In this day and age, it's very easy to, to mislead somebody in your, in your communication without realizing it. Um, I know this very well from my own personal experience. Um, a lot of the friends in my life now are from other countries and having an online business, I, I often um, work with people from other countries and communication has to be very clear for us to to have a successful exchange and and for 
not to waste each other's time um, in whatever it is we're, we're doing or talking about. Um, so this is an important model in this respect of trying to identify mistakes in our dialogue or, or just clean it up a little bit. Um, so the informational layer, a quick and simple example of that would be to say, hey, that plant over there is green or that that wall is painted pink. Very simple, basic statement. It's a statement of fact, hard to get wrong or, or to miscommunicate or mislead somebody with. Although I always I always get pink and purple mixed up. So what I think is pink, somebody else will say is purple. So there's still room for uh, for misunderstanding, at, even at this layer. Um, but believe it, there is plenty of scope for misunderstanding, at, even at this very basic informational layer, where you think you're just given a statement of fact, it can still be interpreted differently. Now, at the other three layers, I'm going to give you more specific examples from my own experience. Um, so the next layer is what they call the self-revelation layer, the self-revealing layer. So we're not, at this point, we're not talking about direct communication anymore, but the message that you give somebody indirectly. So let me, instead of trying to explain it, let me get straight into an example of what I mean. So if we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation now, and I told you that once upon a time, in the in the year in the in the winter of 2001 i went to prague in the middle of winter late december and i got up one morning at 5 a.m it was sub-zero about minus 10 degrees and it was snowing outside and i put my tracksuit on and my shirt and i went jogging through the streets of prague city center now you might say that's crazy jogging who does that? Now, you've just potentially revealed something about yourself, your self-revealing layer. You've revealed something about yourself. It might I might interpret it that you think I'm crazy. I, I'm a bit of an idiot for having done that, gone, gone out jogging at that time in the morning in such cold weather. Or you might think, you might have revealed to me that you, you don't like jogging. I, I might interpret it that you you think people that go jogging are, are, are idiots or, you know, there's multiple ways that this can be interpreted. And if we reduce the statement down and I just said to you, I went out jogging the other day and, and you said, or you laughed and you said, who, who does that anymore? Who goes jogging? And, and now I've got the impression that you don't like jogging. And that's my interpretation. You've you've revealed something about yourself indirectly through that statement and it might not be true it's, it's just my interpretation of of your statement um going back to the jogging through prague at five o'clock in the morning on a, on a freezing cold um midwinter day that's that's a true story and there was a reason behind it i i went to prague to have some eye surgery and i was having eye surgery that very day that i went jogging now, the the, the, the the company that's um, 
that was doing the, the surgery on me. Now it's only a local anaesthetic. So I was very nervous about this because I was going to be awake the whole time that they had their, their surgical scalpels near to my eyes. And, you know, I'm a bit partial to my eyesight. And so I'm nervous about this operation. Now they sent a driver out to pick me up from the airport the previous day. And he forgot to tell me that you don't drink alcohol before an operation. It might seem obvious to some people, but to me, I didn't know this at the time. And so I'm, I'm by myself in Prague the day before this surgery. And I decide I'm going to go to a few bars and, and, and try and relax myself, try and relax the nerves out of myself. And so I did that. And then I came home late that night and I had the message waiting for me. Don't drink alcohol. Sorry, we forgot to tell you, but you mustn't drink alcohol before the surgery. Now I'm in this position where I've already had some alcohol. So I'm thinking, what can I do about this? Um, I've paid for this surgery. I'm going private. So I get up at five o'clock that morning with the intention of going out jogging. And the idea in my mind was that I'd be able to burn off the alcohol from my bloodstream because alcohol is a blood thinner and that's why you're not supposed to drink alcohol. So I thought I can burn it off by going out on a really intense jog that morning and drinking a lot of water and, and basically purging my system of the alcohol. That was what was in my mind at the time and that's the reason I was doing it. Um, it might seem crazy, but it seemed quite logical to me at the time. Anyway, the point is that I've now interpreted or, or made an assumption about you based on your reaction to what I said and I might not question it I might not try and get you to confirm what you said do you mean that you you don't like jogging so I, I just take it now as something that I know about you now the next layer is called the relationship level and again we're talking about indirect revelations this time between you and me, if we're in a one-on conversation, let's say, for example, I'm throwing a party and I've invited you to my party. And at some point in the evening, I say to you, what time are you leaving? What time are you going? And you interpret that to mean that I don't like you. I don't want you at the party. And I've revealed to you something about our relationship. I don't particularly like you. Now, that may be entirely untrue. But that's what you've interpreted from what I said. I've, mis I've misled you. I've miscommunicated. You've misinterpreted me through perhaps no fault of your own because it was my bad communication. But that situation now exists. But I, I might have said it for a completely different reason. I might have lined up a blind date for you. You might be single. And I've got a a date coming to the party later on that evening. I want to make sure that you're still there when they arrive because I want the two of you to meet, right? So that may be why I'm asking you what time you're planning to leave because I want to ensure that you're still there to meet this date that I've arranged for you. But that's inconsequential because I've given you a totally different impression. And that's the example for the relationship layer. Now, finally, the fourth layer is the, the matter layer. I'm, bear with me a second. I'm just going to refer to my notes. I've got some notes here. The, we had the uh, relationship layer, the self-revelation layer, and the relationship, self-revelation, the appeal. Okay. Now, the, 
that's why I found, I found this one a little hard to remember, the appeal there, because I'm not sure how it relates to the what this layer actually represents. So let me, instead of trying to explain, let me get straight in with an example, because this layer is when you communicate something to somebody and you leave it to them to interpret what you meant. So I'm not sure what appeal layer actually means. What does appeal, how does that relate to this layer? I don't know, but doesn't really matter. So let me get into it with an example. And this is an example for anyone that's been in a relationship, you might recognize it. So you're going, you, you, you're going out for the night, uh, maybe it's a wedding reception, or you've got a, a dinner table booked for 8pm that, that evening in a restaurant. And your partner is taking a long time over getting ready to go out. And you're all ready to go. And so you say to them, hey, this restaurant, they, they only allow you five minutes um, to be late before they give your table away to somebody else. Now, I've left it to you to interpret what I mean by this, um, because clearly I mean something, right? Um, and most people might interpret that to mean that I'm telling you to hurry up if, if it's us. If we're on a date, um, we're, we're going out to a restaurant at 8 p.m. Um, and you're taking a long time to get ready and I'm a little impatient and I want you to hurry up. And I say to you, the restaurant will give our table away if we're not there by 8 p.m. You interpret this to mean perhaps hurry up or you're taking too long. In fact, I might have just meant that, hey, you're so pretty, you're so beautiful that you don't need to put all that makeup on. I like to see you natural instead of all made up. Um, so don't do it. Let's go as you are. That's a nice, generous interpretation of what I might be trying to communicate. But there you go. There, are, The possible possibility exists for different interpretations in what I mean and what you understand by what I mean. So that's the four layers. So in summary, we've got the informational layer to start with, or the matter layer, and then the self-revelation layer, and then the, the relationship layer, and then finally the fourth layer, which I have again forgotten. What was it? The appeal layer. Yeah. You see, it's a little bit vague that, hey, how about that for an irony? You're, you're, you're talking about a conversational model where you're trying to, that, that, that focuses on removing misunderstandings and we've got a misunderstanding or a confusion right there within one of the names of, of the model itself. I don't know. It might make a lot of sense to you. It doesn't to me, but I don't know why I'm dwelling on it. So now I want to give you my thoughts on this because as somebody who has had a history of um, my mind going blank in conversations through anxiety um, or shyness or whatever you, you want to call it, whatever reason your mind goes shy, it is most commonly because you have the a fight or flight response to a social situation that in the headlight response and your mind goes to that freeze flight fight mode and so it it closes down all your essential um operations of, of your mind and body and it gets ready to run get out of there as fast as possible and and when this happens 
blood in your body diverts to your muscles ready for explosive action. And this includes your higher, higher cognitive thinking, which is why your mind can go blank in these social situations because your, 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 your system has literally closed it down. It's not an essential function. So that resource is being diverted to your muscles ready for explosive action. And that's why your mind goes blank. And so this is one, this is what I've experienced a lot. And it's very easy for miscommunications, misunderstandings to fly about all over the place. And in my own trainings, in my own courses, my own workshops, I try my best to remove what I call those little breaks or roadblocks, though, all those things that can cause you to overthink and make your brain close down and panic um, because that's when your brain or your mind closes down and goes blank. So the more of those roadblocks you can remove from your mind, the more likely it is to stay open. And this, com this conversational model, the four size model that we've just walked through, is an example where you can be introducing roadblocks or breaks into your conversation rather than removing them. And so you're creating more opportunity for your mind to go blank rather than removing them. Because now you're thinking about your communication and whether or not you are misleading someone and you're overthinking and you're in your own head thinking about it when you should be outside your own head and listening to what the other person is saying and being present in the moment rather than being trapped in your head overthinking your own words and whether they're leading to some miscommunication or you're overthinking what somebody else has said to you and that classic mind reading thing what did they mean by that and you're trapped in your own head so for me this conversational model promotes that that scenario where your mind can close down and go blank and go into a fight flight mode because you've introduced these breaks into into your own mind and for that reason i'm not a big fan of this model that being said on the other hand i do find merit in it because now now i've reread it and i've familiarized myself with this model my awareness has been raised of misunderstandings the the potential for misunderstandings and when somebody is communicating to me i'm not automatically thinking well you meant that i'm thinking well yeah they might have meant that but maybe they didn't and it's inconsequential i'm just going to put it to one side and carry on i'm not going to be trapped in a loop of thinking about it i'm just going to get on with it but my awareness has been raised that, that that was a potential misunderstanding and I, I can just put it to one side. It's not what they said didn't automatically mean what they said indirectly, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm in danger here of, of going around the houses and, and muddying the waters of this whole thing. I understand that. Um, so I'm, I'm reaching the end of this live stream now. But I want, I want to just give you a quick example um of something a quick dialogue that happened with me only yesterday um 
between me and my sister-in-law because over the Christmas period, I was telling her about a project I was starting. Um, this year, I was going to be doing it through January, February and March. And I was telling her about this project I was doing. And yesterday she asked me, how's it going? And I told her, don't ask. Now, for me, from my perspective, I was saying, don't ask because it's not going well. So don't ask me about it. Don't ask. And that's, to me, that's what it means. But to her, she she's from a different country. So she didn't automatically get that meaning. And, and straight away, she asked me, why? What do you mean? Why? Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I ask? And that that threw me because I thought I was making such a, a, an obvious statement. Then it became clear that I might have been coming across as rude. Hey, don't don't involve yourself in my business. Don't don't stick your nose in. Don't ask. It's none of your business. You know, she might have interpreted my my words in that way. So the potential existed for the misunderstanding. Um, of course, she's not that kind of girl to to jump to conclusions, um, but somebody else might have done and they might not have asked me, why shouldn't I ask? They may, may have just walked away with the assumption that, well, I asked something, but I was told it was none of my business when I didn't mean that at all. I simply meant that the project I'm doing is not going particularly well and hey, don't ask. You know what I mean? So there it is. On the one hand, I don't like this conversation model because the potential is is multiplied for creating roadblocks in your mind and, and for your mind closing down and going blank and overthinking everything. On the other hand, it's good because your awareness of language is elevated. And, and I like that. And you can, at points, introduce into the conversation when, when, when you feel like it, um, just a clarification. When somebody says something and you're not quite sure what they mean, don't be afraid to ask and, and get them to clarify what they mean. Just like my sister-in-law did for me when I said, don't ask, and she said, why not? Uh, why shouldn't I ask? She, she wanted a clarification because she didn't understand. And so if it's something that you don't understand or you're thinking now that your awareness has been raised and you're thinking, well, am I interpreting this correctly? Let's ask and find out. So for those reasons, I like the model because it raises your awareness. So ultimately, I've got mixed feelings about it. But on the whole, I would say, you know, get familiar with the model and, and just raise your awareness to some level of your own communications and, and, and just tone down a little bit and make sure you're not using too many expressions and assuming the other person is understanding you. And, and for, for the other person, make sure that you're not just assuming that what they're saying is what they are meaning. If you're taking something the wrong way, are you sure that that's what they meant? So get some clarity. And, and that's that's it for this model, the, the four-sides conversational model. Now, at the beginning of this live stream, I did say that I've got a, something I want to give to you as a bonus. Um, 
I'm not sure if I express myself very clearly. Um, what I mean is I've got, what I'm doing is I'm running a workshop um, very shortly. I haven't got the date set yet. It's called the 10 topics in your pocket. And as I've said on my previous um, live screen, um, live stream, I blend conversational strategies with memory techniques. If you are the person that gets a blank mind in conversations, you, your mind does close down in conversations. This is a perfect conversational strategy if that's you and, and, and you are quiet in conversations. Or on the other hand, if you are if you're blurting out too much and you're giving away too much personal information in, in first meetings, that's because your mind again has gone blank and and you're and you've got a, an awkward silence and so you're you're dredging anything you can think of to say and that might be improper information that you shouldn't be sharing on a on a, on a first meeting with somebody and so if this is you if you recognize this as you then this workshop is perfect for you it's called the 10 topics in your pocket and it's ideal if you are someone who is shy and gets a blank mind sometimes in conversation or you just want to really take your conversation to the next level this this strategy that i'm going to deliver to you in this workshop expands your conversational range your small talk range by at least 300 percent and because you're on this live stream and because you're here to the end i'm going to put a link in to the description that gives you a 20 percent discount on that workshop i mean the full price is only 27 dollars anyway or 27 uh, 20 pounds in, in pounds in dollars 27 um but in the in the link in in the description there'll be a there'll be a link for a 20 percent discount um i'll i'll call the discount what I'll, I'll think of it right here and now on the spot um top 10 20 that'll be the discount top 10 20 and that'll be the discount if you follow the link to the checkout page and you decide to sign up for this workshop you will or you you will get a 10 20% discount using top 10 20. There'll be a place for you to put a discount code in and you'll get a discount if you sign up. And then we'll we'll come up with the dates um, over the next week or two. Um, so in and even if you can't make the dates, it will be recorded so that you'll get a recording and there will be a other bonus material as well. There'll be a PDF to download. There'll probably be a hypnotherapy session to go with it as well, because I'm, I'm trained in clinical hypnotherapy. I do like to um, create hypnosis scripts and recordings to go with my trainings. Um, I like to do that as, a, as an extra bonus um, to, to really hit the mind at a deeper level and, and really establish um, the, the training in the subconscious mind and let it flourish not just at a conscious level but a subconscious level so there you go there'll be probably a hypnosis um, bonus in there as well if you want to follow the link in the description and use the discount code of top 10 20 in fact i won't even put top 10 20 uh, top 10 20 that'll be top 10 spelt t-o-p-t-e-n and then 20 as in two zero top 10 20 i won't put that in the description so you'll only be able to claim it if you've listened <laughs> that's a bit cheeky isn't it but 
there you go so if you're interested in what in that workshop go to the link sign up for the workshop and it will run sometime within the next few weeks and if you're not able to make it then you'll get a recording you'll get a log into the membership area where you can access the bonuses and the, and the training itself it's going to be a fantastic workshop but if you're not interested in that simply look out for the next live stream and the next conversational strategy which i guarantee you is going to be a lot clearer a lot simpler than what we've covered today and it will be something that will be actionable straight away and that's my promise to you <laughs> at the end of this live stream so thanks very much for listening if you've stayed right till the end it's been a bit of a long-winded one it, um, i feel it was a bit of a deep dive for for the first strategy but it's out of the way we might cover it again in the future if i if i'm able to communicate clearer and more rapidly without all the padding in between you know what i mean um, it's always been a problem with me i'm, I'm going to work on that through these live streams and, and try and make my own communication clean as we go along because they always say that you know the best way to learn to do something is to teach somebody else so i'm at that level now where i want to teach you and improve my own communication through the process of teaching others thanks for listening and i'll see you again soon